Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Jacqueline Jax Brennan is someone I only met when we logged on for this interview, yet I feel as though I've known her forever. I also know that I will forever be thankful to her amazing publicist for introducing us. Jax is someone who, through her own experiences as a founder, saw a lack of resources for early stage female founders. And as the pandemic hit and businesses came to a halt, she and her co-founder realized that women entrepreneurs needed more support than ever before. Jax is a true champion for all of us, and I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. Jax Brennan is a creative executive and expert on the connection between business and branding. With over 12 years of experience as a creative director for a variety of luxury fashion brands and having helped lead over 22 major corporations in executing branding strategies, she is an authority on taking brands, organizations, and entrepreneurs to the next level of success. Jax is also the CEO and co-founder of Feely, a female mastermind membership community focused on educational masterclasses, accountability, peer-to-peer mentorship, leadership advancement, and funding opportunities for early-stage female founders. Jax loves seeing others succeed, inspiring creative expression, and dreaming really big. This is an episode of Dear Founder that every female entrepreneur and many male entrepreneurs should be tuning in for. Please come on in and meet my new friend, Jax Brennan. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I am so excited about today's guest because she believes in supporting female founders and women just as much, if not more than I do, if that's even possible. I, in the 10 minutes we've been talking, we have already come up with like a hundred ideas of ways that we could work together and do things to help female entrepreneurs. So today on the show, I have Jax Brennan, who is the CEO and co-founder of Feely, which is an an online community, a community, and she's going to explain it more, but it is a community to support early stage female founders. And that is like the most important time to have support is when you're just getting started. So Jax, welcome to Dear Founder. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I'm so excited to be here with you. Like I'm already having a ball in the first 10 minutes of us being together. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about what Feely is and also how how you started it and why you started it and a little bit about your background. Absolutely. I love getting to tell the journey because oftentimes we don't get to see that part. We just see what is. So I'll back up a little bit. Why are we doing Feely? Philly stands for tribe in Greek and family in Latin. So it's that true notion of sisterhood coming together. My background is fashion corporate. 
I was a creative director for 12 years, mostly in jewelry and accessories. Then I dabbled in some ready to wear and fashion was my life for a very long time. Um, I started designing for a foundation where our net profits would go back to girls education with a fantastic mentor who helped shepherd my career. And we would give our net profits to like girls who code. She's the first girl up foundation. And in the process of building this, this, foundation, we started a documentary series uh, for Refinery29 called Connecting Thread, which was all about highlighting female artisans. And I did not have a film background. I never produced documentaries. It was a really interesting time in my life. Spent some time in India with these amazing humans who had nothing, but they were the happiest people in the world. And that was like uh, the come to Jesus, aha, like, what am I doing with my life moment? I really wanted to be a founder. I really wanted to know what it was like to build and create on my own with my own vision, listening to myself, learning to trust myself, I left that job to start a tech company, not necessarily aligned with my vision, but it was something I wanted to do. It was a SaaS B2B software. I had a few male co-founders and we created a virtual fitting room for online shopping. It was before its time. Uh, We raised capital. I was in charge of our commercial division. And honestly, I had a really challenging time, Lindsay. I did not have a tribe of other women that were out there raising capital, learning about vesting schedules, asking what lawyers to hire. I didn't feel seen, heard, or understood. I had a really challenging time. And I came back to New York winded up walking out of the business, leaving my vesting, just completely took myself out. And I started consulting in New York, joining every female founders group and mastermind that I possibly could to grow, to learn, to find my tribe. And I found three things. One, masterminds are very expensive, $25,000 and higher, mostly older white men. That's what they were. And I learned a lot from them and I'm really grateful for my time, but that's just what it was. Then there's communities like YPO, which are so important in EO. YPO to join a New York chapter, you have to have 2 million in revenue and up to 50 employees. Just unattainable for somebody who's just starting out, right? And then I found a lot of female founders networking groups and I love them and I'm a part of most of them, but they weren't teaching me the hard skills that I needed on my journey. So I started Feely with my co-founder who's from China, who's currently in China as we build our Chinese entity at Feely. And we started it as a club within Soho House at a table in meatpacking until one day there was about 40 tables trying to pull their tables together to sit with our table so we can help women and talk about resources and share what we got with each other. And we looked at each other and said, you know what? This is something. This is real. Other people want this. So we took that concept and we actually created a business out of it. Feely is a NAS business. This is a term that we coined network as a service. We are a private membership community for early stage female founders, application only. We pair women in cohorts of up to 10. It's industry agnostic. So every woman sitting at that table has a superpower and skill set to contribute because when we all bring our best to the table together, we move mountains. It's truly that peer-to-peer that makes Feely so special. We take our women through a year long journey, a unique curriculum structure of both personal 
and professional. So we're not a venture studio. We're not an accelerator. We're talking about everything from defining your core values, reframing success, raising capital, conquering imposter syndrome, building your board, getting your suite of resources, your lawyers, your team, everybody you need to get set up for success. And then we help them with funding opportunities. First checks in. If they're raising capital, some of our founders are bootstrapping. Some of them never need to raise or they're not venture-backed businesses. They're consultants, creatives, freelancers. So all of this to say, we've been doing this for three years now. We now have a global community of 10,000 women. There's a huge appetite for what we're doing. And Soho House came in as our global partner. So we do not have physical locations. We're a hybrid of virtual and in-person. And the biggest news, I'm super excited to share. I'm just laying it all out here. Uh, UBS just came on board as our corporate partner. We are on a national tour for the rest of 2022 called Own Your Worth. They just published an impact report collecting data since 2016 about why it is important to invest in women and why women are using their dollars to create impact in this world. So I'm really excited about everything we're about to do with Feely. And that's that's the story of why we started it. I just want to take a minute to say thank you. In just a few short months, this podcast has reached some incredible milestones, namely helping so many of you. From founding, growing, and selling my first company and now helping others to do the same, so many of you trust me right here on the podcast, but also through my classes, my one-on-one programs, and my social media. Your belief in me is so appreciated, and now I can help you to grow your own personal brand or your company's community through content, social media, partnerships, email, collaborations, and more. Just click the link in the show notes and fill out the form. Grab 30 minutes with me. We can chat, connect. I'd love to get to know you and your business and perhaps even have the chance to work with you. Thanks so much for being here. I I love it. And thank you for taking us on that journey. And of course, like I've read so much about you and I've been on your website, but hearing it from you is, is so different and unique. And that's obviously why we're here. I... So many things stick out. As you could see, I was taking so many notes when you were talking. But one of the things that sticks out most to me was just how organically and naturally this started. And, um, you know, when I started Bump Club and Beyond, that's how I started. I mean, I just started getting expectant parents together and it grew and it grew and it grew. And very similar to you having the 40 tables pulling up at Soho House you know, we, I, I got to a point where I had hundreds of people and so I was selling out a dinner on breastfeeding because everyone needed the information and we were like kept adding more dates. So like it just very naturally happened. And so I'd really like for you to speak to that because I think that a lot of founders try to force community mm. and it really isn't, it, it, it is not beneficial to anyone. Um, and it really, I think the success always comes in the greatest form when it is natural. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about that because you probably didn't have an intent to like do what you're doing now. I mean, I didn't have that intention either. I was just a pregnant woman who needed some advice on breastfeeding. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad we're talking about this. I've never actually got to talk about this part of it because everyone looks at us like a you know, machine, a business, raising capital, growing, 10x, here we go. And the the really interesting part is 
we never planned to do this full time. When we first launched Feely, we didn't even incorporate it for a whole year because this was our passion project. We were both working full time. I was consulting my co-founders running a marketing agency. And we were like, this is our fun passion until, you know, it just became everything. It just like consumed our life because we, it was the most exciting thing for, for all of us. Right. And, um, something interesting that happened for, to the entire world was COVID. We were both living in New York and we hosted our largest event ever, 500 people in Brooklyn for International Women's Day, right before everything shut down. Our event was March 8th and the world closed March 16th. So it was like a huge awakening, right? And we were just freaking out. Like, what do we do? We're in our small apartments in New York City, like trying to figure out what the light world is going to be like. And I just called my co-founder March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, the day after the world shut down. And I just said, what are we going to do? We got to do something like everyone needs community. We, we, we can't charge for this. People don't have money. People don't know what's going to happen with their jobs, with their lives, with their families. Let's just go all in. And I just know like whatever will happen will happen and it's going to work out. So I literally spent the day calling every badass woman that I knew and male and male men who have amazing businesses, men who have a lot of value, who are man ambassadors and advocates for women. And I set up 150 masterclasses and we made them free. And we just said, if you're an early stage founder, if you need help, if you need community, if you want to learn, now we have all this extra time in our hands at home. Let's maximize it. Let's go all in and let's help and support each other. So we literally for four months just had all the free virtual masterclasses for anyone who wanted to join. And we didn't plan to turn it into, you know, this, these products. Um, but we, we saw how much people needed it and we just did it. We did no paid marketing. We've never spent a dollar on customer acquisition. We, we had a little crappy Squarespace website that I built at three o'clock in the morning. One day, I'm not a web designer. I, I can get down on some graphics, but I'm certainly <laughs> not a web designer. And we just did it. We just put it together, Lindsay. And it happened. You know, it's I it's I love that you just shared that because a lot of entrepreneurs are very apprehensive about giving things away for free. And but what that does and what that did for you and what that did for me is it allows the community to build and it and that's where it starts. It allows people to get a taste of what you are all about. And then they don't want to go away. I mean, they they want to continue on this journey with you because you've proven to them that you bring value to what they're doing. And, you know, people always say to me all the time, like, oh, you give away so much information like on your social media and on your podcast and this. And okay, if someone wants to hire me, they're hiring me. Like they want my energy. You know, it's not that like the information is the information, but you know, they want my energy. And so I've never been one to like balk about sharing things for free. And it was funny because when I was acquired, when my business was acquired, the business that bought me like did not want to give things away for free because everything was about that bottom line number. Well, the community suffered because of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really think it comes down to mindset. 
we as leaders can choose what kind of mindset and how we're going to show up in this world. And I believe in an abundance mindset. We have endless opportunities, endless creativity. There's no limit on these things. So by me giving and opening and making it available for everybody, we'll have more and more and more together. It's like this big pie and everybody's going to get a slice. Every woman at the table is going to get a slice of this pie. And I think if we start changing our mindset to abundance instead of fear and scarcity and like, this is for me, this is only for me, I need this for me. That's if we just leave that aside, this is where the magic happens. And I've watched it in my life over and over and over again. So what was the shift that turned this in that turned Feely from this free class content machine into a business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I do credit us a lot of that too to my co-founder, Yan Yi. She goes by summer. And we were just thinking, you know, how do we actually turn this into a company and leave our jobs, our consulting agencies, and just do this full time? And we sat down and we made a roadmap. We made a plan. We did a lot of market research. We looked into how many masterminds were out there, what they costed, how Ivy built their community, what Chief was doing and is still doing for corporate executive women. And we saw the market size. There's 13 million female founders currently in the United States alone. And we saw the need. 48% of women say that they're not going to succeed at business because they don't have access to a mentor. What? 48%? That's almost half. 2.5% of venture capital, crappy number, goes to women, less than 1% to non-white women. I'm Latina, my co-founder is Chinese, my COO is Japanese and Black. We have a highly diverse founding team. We're doing this work because we need to do this work. So we literally built a plan, a strategy. We put our heads together. We made a roadmap. We figured out pricing, how we can make it affordable. And then we thought about corporate partnerships, how we bring in these amazing companies to help fund and offset costs for us to be able to do this work. And it listen, it's a journey. It is a journey. And this is something that I teach all of the founders in our community. I still consult to this day. I still create other streams of revenue so that I can support myself and this business. Because when you are a startup founder, you can't expect to just take a salary like year one, year two, sometimes even year three. It takes time to build, right? So I think that if you come from an abundance mindset and you have a plan and a strategy, step-by-step is how you get there. It does not happen overnight. Thank you for saying that because I also very much believe that in today's world, everyone wants instant gratification. And, you know, I, I grew a business before social media. I started a business before social media was a thing. So I really like watched this evolve over the last dozen years. And now, you know, I talk to people and they're like, well, like I need it like tomorrow. Like, no, like it doesn't happen tomorrow. To your point, it it is a slow crawl and you need to have that plan in place as to how you're going to get there. And, you know, I love that you just mentioned partnerships as well, because partnerships are how you grow. I mean, that's, I mean, this is a partnership. You and I being on this podcast is a partnership because I'm going to share this with my, all the founders who listen and you're going to share this with your community and there we go. Right. And so, you know, you're building this business 
very similarly to how I built Bump Club. This, I'm loving this conversation because there's so many similarities to it. But one of the things you said at the top of our conversation was you shared with us that UBS is on board as a corporate partner. And I would love for you to share how that came to be because your community came first, you know, and they, my guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but they saw the community you were building and they wanted to be a part of it. And at to I, some I, degree, I wish it was that, that simple, but the very honest answer is I made a list of my dream partners and UBS was like point blank at the top. I love how they show up for women. I love how they teach women to own their wealth, their confidence it's UBS, the division that we are working with, the client segment service division, specifically supporting women. The women who are running that are such rock stars. And I have followed them for years. And I relentlessly went after them, invited them to every event that we were doing, met every different division of UBS, and I just didn't give it up. So they're probably like, this woman is relentless and built a relationship with them for years before we formally went into partnership together, because I just really believed that they were the right partner for us. And I'm so grateful to UBS because they walk the talk. They're really out there supporting women, advocating for equality and helping women think about finances and wealth in a different way, which is like the most important thing we need right now. But through your relationship, they were able to see the community you were building. Yes. And, and that is, and that is, time. You know, it's not simple, right. of course, you know, and I don't, and I don't want to, I don't want anyone to take that away from this conversation. It's not simple and it does take time. Um, but without the community that you built, they would, they wouldn't have even looked at you, you know? True. So can you shed a little bit of light um, as to how, what are some best practices for gaining partnerships? I think that um, you know, a lot of founders also have imposter syndrome, feel weird about reaching out to people and don't really know always how to do it or how magnificent a partnership can be to a business. Absolutely. That's such a great question. The way that I approach partnerships now is how do we both win? The most important thing to know when you're building a partnership is their win. Of course, they're going to care about what you want, but it's really about what do they want? What does success look like for them? What are the goals? What are the KPIs? What's going to be their return on investment? And this took me many years to learn, right? It's not an overnight thing, but you have to show up for a partnership ready to give and deliver. So if you know you need X amount of eyeballs, you're going to promise this you want to make sure that you're hitting every KPI that's on that box. That's how you build a successful partnership. And it first starts by identifying who are the people that are aligned with your values and your mission, because it's not just about money. It's about opportunity, shared resources, elevation together. So it's first identifying who are those people. And then it's doing a lot of research to know their win. What is going to make them line up and excited? What do you have that's special? Even if you're not having millions of followers, we don't have millions of followers yet. We will. 
But how do we t- how do we show partners that we have huge reach and huge impact to a really specific niche of early stage female founders ages 27 through 41, mid spot 33, out there crushing it, a certain amount of disposable income, a certain amount of skill sets and interests and diversity. We have that group on lock, right? So it's really knowing who your audience is and how you can help leverage. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. That was a great answer, and uh, and I say this all the time. Like you, like, you cannot go into a partnership you have to go into a partnership thinking, how is everybody going to win? I say that all the time. But like the other thing, too, is when someone approaches you for a partnership and you look at it and you're like, eh, this this is a little self-serving to them. Like, what am I going to gain from this? And I think that's a, that's something, too, to be able to identify a bad partnership that doesn't work for you that some, when someone wants something from you. And and that is something, too, that I think is very important. And I always tell people like, Go with your gut. And and if and if they can't tell you how you're going to benefit as well, it probably isn't going to be the best partnership. And it's okay to say no. Yeah, absolutely. The power of no. Man, it's so hard. This is something I'm learning. I'm a people pleaser. I love everybody. I want to be there. I want to show up for everybody. But the power of saying no and like respecting your time and your boundaries when you got to put the blinders on because there's only a certain amount of hours in a day. It's hard, but it's something that we need to talk more about. Well, so let's talk about it because I don't know if you feel like this, but I mean, your business is young. I mean, it's only a few years old. And my guess is you are being asked all the time to show up places and to speak and to, you know, network and I felt like that as well early on in with with Bump Club. And, you know, it was like I was a shiny new startup in Chicago and all the moms were clamoring to come to my events. And I was asked to go to everything. And I, like you, was couldn't say no. And it got to be too much. Yeah. And it was really when I started saying no and realizing like, fuck, like, what am I doing like I cannot go to every networking event. I got to focus on the business. And so, it, you know, it was really when I learned to do that and learn to pick and choose and to say no to the things that really just didn't work for me instead of just trying to please everyone. That's when I started seeing my business grow. 
Yeah. I'm so glad that you're saying this. Thanks for sharing that with me because literally that's how I'm feeling right now. Like life is very full. I don't want to say busy. I hate that word, but I'm going to say full, right? And um, what I'm doing to battle the fullness, I'm literally training my body and my mind. Like I'm going to run a marathon because I am, because that's my life right now. Like I literally joke about this, but I am literally training as if I am going to go run a marathon because I'm about to go on tour for this series. And I have a few things that are called my non-negotiables, like my exercise, my meditation, my journaling, the things I need to do so I can show up for everybody else. So there's these things that I've put in my days that really help me. And I have accountability partners for myself, my own personal tribe that helps support me. And these amazing women literally hold me accountable to saying no. I need them to hold me accountable to it. Like, no, you cannot go to this because you need to sleep. So you got to be up at five. No, like you do not have space for this meeting because you need a 10 minute break to stand up because you're back to back, 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 back. And I, and I feel that every founder needs their tribe to help them be held accountable. So like I've been building this internal support system that has been really helpful to me. And I'm working on saying no more graciously with a lot of love so I can continue to do this important work, but it is really hard. I'm struggling with it. You feel too like you're going to miss out or- Yeah, the FOMO is real. And then like disappointing people. I've had people say to me like, what do you think? You're too good for me? Like, no, I don't. I really don't. I just wish I had more hours in the day. And not everyone understands that. But I mean, it's like, it's the FOMO. And then it's also like the race, right? Because you feel like you're like on a race to- You're like you're on a- The never ending race, really, you know? And, And, but at the end of the day, it's- you're like racing against people that you're seeing in social media and in the press and and whatnot, but really and truly those people and those things don't matter. You really just need to rein it in and focus on yourself. Yes, literally. Um, I just had one of the most life-changing coffees with an amazing community leader who is male, who just exited his community business for $20 million, completely bootstrapped, self-funded. And he looked at me and he's like, clear, your calendar, clear everything. Once you've finished your commitments and focus on this one particular goal that he helped me outline and blinders, shield, everything on go just this one thing, go for that. And this will help you do X, Y, and Z. So sometimes we need an outside perspective to help us see how we race faster, further, better, and more aligned. Without a doubt. I mean, outside forces are so important. And it would, whether you're a founder or not, you know, I mean, no, it doesn't matter. As a mom, it's important, you know, like it's it's so important to have And those I'm not outside. a mother yet. So like all the respect to superwomen like yourself who are doing all the things with family, with children. This is something I'm hoping to call in now in the next few years. I don't even have that piece yet. So I'm going to ask you all the questions. You can ask that. me anything you want. You absolutely can. So I want you to tell our listeners how they could get involved with Feely if if this was something for them or how they can determine if it is, you know, a resource that they can use to their benefit. I love this question. Thank you. Because over the past few years, we've gotten very specific 
on the women that we can support in our cohorts. And if you're not a fit for us, I just want to say we have identified several other communities that we will pass you and send you to with love. So you're not, it's not a no, you're not for me. Sorry. Bye. It's a, you are a corporate entrepreneur. This is for you. You are very early stage. This is going to help you get there. You're a corporate and you're going for C-suite. This is for you. So for Feely specifically, larger picture, open-minded, collaborative, has a vision, has a goal, really motivated, ready to rock. That's the overarching picture. We have two specific profiles for our early stage founders. One is early stage with a vision and a roadmap plan pre-revenue. You know what you're going to do. You've you've already started the LLC, the C-Corp, the 501c3, whatever it is that you're going to be doing, and you have the plan, and now you're literally ready to go. That's one profile. Second profile, you are already generating revenue. Maybe you're Series A, maybe even Series B. Maybe you are going through the acquisition and you need a lot of support. You're already there. You're more advanced. You've done this before. This might be your second or your third business. And this time you want to have fun because the other times were so stressful, right? So these are the two profiles of women that we can support in these cohorts. And to apply, you just go to your website yes, and go to the application feelytribe.com and then hit apply. You're going to get a really short, simple application and every single individual who applies gets the right to an interview with our team. The interview is 45 minutes long and we go really deep. And that is how we pair our cohorts. I love it. I love it. And we'll link it in the show notes. But before I let you go, I'm going to ask you what I ask everyone at the end. And that is what are three actionable tips that you would give to a founder who's starting out right now? Love it. Number one, the word no doesn't hurt. One of my greatest mentors taught me this. No might mean no right now. Tomorrow might mean yes. So it doesn't hurt. Number one. Number two, ask for what you want and what you need. Take up space and ask. Don't be afraid to go for it. It doesn't mean you're too much. It doesn't mean you're too aggressive. Men ask all the time, which is why they advance faster than we do. We have to teach women how to make thoughtful and intentional asks. That's that's number two. Number three, most important, build yourself a tribe of people that make you feel good and elevate you that are open-minded that will share with you. Go make your own mastermind right this moment. Build with people that you love, that you feel supported by. Hold each other accountable because that's a game changer for life. I can give more, but those are my three. You're going to come on live with me and when this drops and you'll give more. How about that? Love it. Love it. All right. Jax Brennan, co-founder and CEO of Feely. Thank you so much for being here. This was such an amazing conversation and I am so excited to share it with our listeners. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I really appreciate you. It's obvious why Jax has found success by connecting female founders with the resources and support that they need. She is a true champion for all of us, and I feel so fortunate to have met her, connected with her, and I cannot wait to continue the conversation with her. There are so many amazing takeaways from today's episode. You're going to want to get out your pen and paper and make sure to write them down. Here we go. 
Number one, when you have an idea, just do it. Put it together, make it happen. It doesn't have to be perfect. You do not need a fancy website. Number two, it's all about mindset. As a leader, you choose how you want to show up in the world. We have endless opportunities and endless creativity. By giving and making it available for everyone, we will have more together. Number three, if we start changing our mindset to that of abundance versus scarcity, this is where the magic happens. Number four, when you are a startup founder, you cannot expect to take a salary right away. You have to have a strategy and take things step by step. It doesn't happen overnight. Number five, find partners who walk the walk and talk the talk, aligning with your business. Seek out the partnerships, build the relationships, and over time, the, tra- the partnerships will transpire. Number six, approach partnerships by asking, how do we both win? You want to focus first on their win, not yours. Number seven, show up for a partnership ready to give and deliver. Identify who the people are who are aligned with your mission. What is going to make them light up and get excited? Number eight, the power of the word no is huge. It is so hard, especially as a people pleaser, to understand what this means. But you have to respect your time and your boundaries. There are only a certain number of hours in a day. Number nine, ask what you want and what you need. Take up space and ask. Don't be afraid to go for it. Women need to make thoughtful and intentional asks. And number 10, build yourself a tribe of people that make you feel good and elevate you. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please make sure you leave a rating or review at the bottom of this page. Scroll down and hit that five-star review because that is how other people find us and find the amazing women and their stories that we feature here. I cannot thank you enough for being here and for listening to this episode of Dear Founder. If you know someone who wants to start their own business or who has an idea, please share them this episode. Text it to them or post it on your Instagram. Tag me. I will absolutely share them to say thank you. Stay tuned for another episode of Dear Founder coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday. 